When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Adam, from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at GolfUnfiltered, and you can send me an email, GolfUnfiltered at gmail.com. On this week's episode, episode 172, I'd like to introduce you to a new friend who reached out to share her story, not only about how she got started in golf, but also how golf helps her with everyday life. Um, Well, I am... Lucy, and I am in eastern Tennessee in uh, uh, the Crossville area, and um been playing for, I guess I've been replaying for about a year now. I played a little bit when I was uh, in my 20s, but not enough to really count, I guess. <laughs> so uh, this year I just kind of picked it up sort of hardcore. It's always fun to tell stories about how you got started in the game of golf, and for most of us, it's when we were children. But for Lucy, her start in the game came a little bit later. Um, I have I played a little bit in my early 20s, not a whole lot. Um, I didn't have that opportunity, and uh, I was in the D.C. area at the time, and it was really, really expensive, so, you know, money's tight. Um, but uh, So I didn't play for, I don't know, 15 years didn't even have clubs anymore. So that just this year, um, I ended up moving to Crossville because I got um, Hurricane Harvey out of uh, Houston. <laughs> so uh, picked up a set of clubs here and have been having fun. Even with a return to the game later on in her life, Lucy was still subject to the same anxieties and frustrations that any new golfer would feel, especially when walking up to the first tee. Oh, as a beginner, it's... Um, it's extremely intimidating to try to, you know, walk up even to, you know, just grabbing your, you know, your brand new set of clubs that you, you know, you bought off the, off the internet for cheap, you know, and you're just carrying them out to the, to the, to the range. You know, it's really intimidating because, you know, you've got this dude all there in his Titleist gear next to his friend and his all pain gear next to his friend and all their tailor-made gear. And you're like, I'm in jeans and a t-shirt here, you know, <laughs> like this is really awkward. It's, um, you know, luckily I have some experience in ignoring people and doing what I want to do anyway. So, um, that kind of helped, but it takes a bit to, to intimidate me too much, but, um, I kind of learned to block out the blockheads on the on the range, and um, my cousin has been playing for years and years and years, and we go out and play three or four times a week, maybe. Hmm. So I've I've learned from her, and she's a fairly good woman golfer. So um, we kind of just go out as a duo and play. So now I feel much more comfortable with 
etiquette and things, you know. I didn't know a thing about some of the etiquette that has that you're supposed to do. So it was kind of nice to, to learn all that from her. Despite having her cousin to help her get reintroduced to the game and to serve as a playing partner, Lucy still had to deal with the ever-present stereotypes that are inherent within golf, especially being a female and a female with an anxiety disorder. Um, there was a few times that, you know, you can feel that, oh, geez, the eye roll, it's a girl. You know, you can maybe, you know, maybe that some of that is, is on me. You know, maybe that's me just feeling, um, feeling uncomfortable. You know, maybe that's my anxiety playing up. Because, you know, when you have anxiety, you just sort of immediately go to the worst possible scenario. But um, they, uh, there's been a couple of times that people have said things, you know, and it's not been derogatory, but it's, uh, you know, there's a little bit of that, hey, little lady, do you need some help? You know, are you sure you're doing the right, you know, um, you sure you're practicing this correctly? And you kind of just want to say, look, dude, back off. I know what I'm doing. There are many people in this world that suffer from an anxiety disorder, and there are many different types of anxiety disorders. And depending on your specific situation, sometimes the disorder or or struggles that you're faced with are prompted by a single event. That most often shows up as post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. Um, yeah, I've uh, I've had uh, PTSD since uh, I was 23. And I'm 46 now, so half my life, um, you know, I'm in what's technically called remission for, for that. So I don't necessarily have all the crazy flashbacks and stuff. But with the, with the disease that goes your whole life, there's usually, especially with PTSD, there's all sorts of associated uh, depression and anxieties that go with it. Um, partly what's happening with me is some social anxiety. I don't necessarily have panic attacks or the, you know, the massive flashbacks or, um, or a lot of that, but a lot of that anxiety is internalized. So you may not actually know that I'm, you know, might be freaking out a little bit, but, um, I've gotten a lot better about being, uh, more open about it, I guess, if that makes sense. As someone who also suffers from an anxiety disorder, I couldn't help but ask Lucy if people often thought that she was kidding or if she wasn't telling the truth or just seeking out drama because on the phone it sounded like she was quite calm and personally I'm often told that I appear quite calm as well. I can absolutely relate to that. People are just like, you're just the most easygoing person I've ever met. You've always got a smile on your face. Um, I've had people accuse me of lying about PTSD because they said you're too calm, you're too easygoing, and I'm like, dude, it's it's an act that you develop. You sort of, I have a um, uh, kind of grew up in the theater, so I kind of joke that I've created a role that I play when I'm in public. <laughs> so you kind of fall back on that to project this air of confidence, even though inside you're just like, yeah, I'm like two feet tall. While it's certainly nice and encouraging to hear Lucy be able to talk about her experience so far and to almost laugh off her issues with PTSD, almost as a coping mechanism, PTSD is certainly no laughing matter. In fact, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, PTSD is a disorder that develops in some people who have experienced a shocking, scary, 
or dangerous event. Mainstream media often makes us think of maybe someone in the military or the armed forces experiencing the horrors of war and then coming home with PTSD. So I was curious, and and so with Lucy's permission, I, I asked her, was there a specific event that caused her to feel this way? Uh, yeah, I was uh, sexually assaulted when I was that age. Um, I was in college, it was my junior year of college, and um, sorry if I get a little manic about talking about it, it is a slightly uncomfortable topic, of course, but um, the, uh, you know, it was not, you know, a case of being attacked in the dorm room. I was actually at a, uh, at a concert and, you know, kind of foolishly left and was thrown in the back of a white van. Oh my God. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am, uh, by all accounts, lucky to be alive. Uh, I'm not the fondest of that expression. I've, 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 uh, I've embraced it a little bit as I've gotten older, but, you know, 10 years ago, that used to tick me off. <laughs> Which expression but, um, is that? That, you know, oh, you're lucky to be alive. Oh, I see. I see. And I'm like, if you knew what I had to deal with to be, to be quote, lucky, end quote. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, 23 years ago, you know, and plenty of therapy, plenty of all of that, plenty of, you know, then that's where a lot of my anxiety from that comes from the social anxiety. You know, yeah. I drive to a lot of parking lots and can't get out of the car. But Lucy is a survivor. And one of the ways that people choose to survive and want to continue on with their life is they have to make that first choice to attend therapy, which, as those of us who have gone through it know, can be extremely intimidating. So I asked Lucy to share her experience. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, uh, here's another, you know, I'm going to get on my high horse here again. You know, it's the, the stigma of the mental illness in mass media. Uh, there was actually a great article on a BBC about that today um, that I just read. There's, you know, you know, the stigma is the uh, crazy, um, crazy violent uh, um, servicemen who comes back from the war, you know, the shell shock from World War One, the, um, you know, you, you, you read a lot about that, you know, the violent Vietnam veteran and, um, you know, that's a large part of the PTSD, but it's not everything. So there's a little bit of that, you know, are you, what am I walking into? Are they going to understand? Are they going to, um, you know, just call me crazy. Am I going to be committed? I mean, what's going on? Um, the first time I went into therapy, I didn't even know what was going on. So there was a little bit of that. Am I crazy? You know, I mean, am I just nuts? I have no idea. I just knew I wasn't right. So, um, finally found a doctor who, uh, put me through the MRIs and actually showed me the damage that was done to the brain. Because um, PTSD, unlike a lot of things, is actually an injury because the brain literally breaks from fear. So um, you can actually see the, the, the damage to the amygdala and, and the reptilian brain and all of that. So um, once I figured that out, it was a lot easier for me to do a ton of research and to learn as much as possible. When you actually take that first step to go to therapy, it, it's even another thing to find a therapist that you connect with. 
it's very difficult. And so with Lucy, she found that with the therapist that understood the way she thought. Um, she actually learned about how much I love logic and numbers. So we actually kind of had this whole strategy about, you know, well, what's the percentage of that? No, seriously, what is the percentage of that actually going to happen? So, you know, you kind of fall back a little bit on that, which does help with the first two jitters, <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially walking up to a group of, um, you know, if I'm walking up to join a guy, you know, that I just thought I, my heart was about to fall out of my chest the first time that happened. You know, I'm about to hop in, you know, everything that your mother tells you not to do. You don't get into a car with strangers and go drive into the woods. Well, you know, technically that's what I just did, even though the car is a little golf cart, you know. But, um, yeah, it was it was very intimidating. But even after finding a therapist that you connect with and understands how your brain works and how you can make sense out of the things that they're telling you, hopefully, to help you get better, you're still faced with other stigmas even when you try to use another coping mechanism like playing the game of golf. So I asked Lucy, how does golf help her? And she got an interesting answer. It's a little tricky, bit of a tricky subject because there's some people who, again, you know, folks who don't understand mental illness and they just think, you know, well, the best thing that you, you don't need to be taking antidepressants, you just need to go get some exercise. So, um, People who are depressed have, you know, chemical issues, so they actually need those antidepressants. Um, they, yes, they also need to be exercising, of course, but uh, everybody needs to be exercising. Um, now, for me, it's a lot of times I will get, I don't want to say manic is not really the word, I get antsy. Um, the anxiety plays up, and I just, sometimes I just need to go. And so I can just grab my golf clubs and go. I can, when I know I need to walk, I'll just put my clubs on my little uh, quick gear cart and I'm walking. And once I get about through the first hole, you um, become, what happens is you become in the present. With um, PTSD and especially, it pulls you into the past. So through golf, Lucy has found a way to remain in the present, to remain mindful, and to not go back to the past and relive some truly horrific events that she's had to live through. And so she's found comfort in golf, and she's actually turned into quite the gearhead, much like uh, many of the listeners to this show. And because of that, she's begun to ask some very interesting questions regarding how golf equipment is made, especially for women. Uh, so much so that Lucy now wonders if golf equipment companies actually take the average women's tendencies, swing tendencies, game tendencies into account. Yeah, I do. I do kind of wonder, you know, because, um, you know, there's, I'm, I'm on the, the, the hacker's paradise and there's just so much information. It's, it's almost overwhelming. Um, it, well, it definitely was at first. Now I know a little bit more, but, um, you know, I kind of wonder, how much research has actually been done for women. And I think, I mean, if manufacturers aren't starting to pour some R&D dollars into that, they probably need to be. Uh, if you actually look at the Google search information, the, uh, some of the data shows that uh, the searches for women in golf have been steady, but golf overall has declined. So, you know, women are getting into golf. 
Um, I worry a little bit about, you know, is is my club just the men's club cut down? Um, and I don't really know enough. I know a little bit about kinesiology and um, some of some of that, uh, the technicalities of it. I do worry that. Well, what I'm thinking about is, you know, my body shape is my strength is in my legs, as with most women. And a lot of my strength is in my torso. I don't know whether that's with most women or that's just thanks to kickboxing. But I have no upper body strength. You know, I watch guys at the driving range don't even use their legs, and they're just swinging their arms and hitting it 200 yards. Um, I'm using my whole body, and I'm lucky if I get my average drive is about 158. I can occasionally hit over 200, but that's, you know, a miracle of physics, and I still don't quite figure out how I did it. But um, do they take into account the fact that, you know, my strength is in my legs and not in my upper body? Um, You watch the LPGA, and they've got such beautiful technical swings. You know, have they adapted those to men's equipment? You know, what happens if they have – if a – a little girl was given women-specific clubs. Is the, the swing going to be different? As Lucy continues to learn more about equipment by joining online forums and even talking to other golfers around her, it's still a pretty overwhelming amount of information. And it's now led her to believe that maybe there needs to be a new system in place to help women choose golf clubs for their game. You know, there's not a whole, there's so much information out there about you know, flex and grips and, and lust and lies and, and all of these things. And you kind of wonder how much of that information is for guys and how much of that is for women. Um, you, I'm pretty sure that a women's flex shouldn't be labeled a women's flex or a senior flex or, you know, a men's regular. It needs to be, there needs to almost be a system to standardize it because, I, you know, a women's flex is not for me. I have a driver fitting coming up, and my instructor has already said, I need a, a much stiffer shaft. I need a lightweight shaft, but it's, it needs to be a stiffer flex. Hmm. So, you know, as opposed to now, if I had just ordered a, a driver, I just ordered it in a women's flex because I didn't know. Still, even with her mild frustrations with the equipment side of the game, Lucy still relies on golf to help her get from one day to the next, in addition to seeing a professional therapist and other treatments. So I asked Lucy in closing to remind us and everyone what the benefits are of going through therapy and even taking that first step to helping yourself. The importance of seeking help and asking is it's such a personal thing and it's so hard to do. It's so hard to stand up because you know, as a as a kid, as a teenager, as a, you know, in your 20s, all you want to do is just be normal. And when you have to put up your hand and say, I'm not normal and I need help, you know, that's, it's such a hard thing to do. It's such a, so hard to set yourself apart um, in such a perceived way, such a negative way. But by seeking help, you when you when you get help, it's such a relief, and it's 
such a relief, but you don't realize it's such a relief to everybody who knows you because they know something's wrong because you think, you know, you think you're hiding it, but you may not be. The hardest thing to do is to, to reach out and get help. And part of that is society saying, you know, you should be able to, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Part of it is, you know, the can do attitude as America, you know, uh, part of that is, ego part of that is especially for men there's that male ego is that i don't need no help um you know we're taught we're drilled not to ask for help especially when you are so down you know if you're so if you're you're so depressed and you're actually thinking about ending your life that is the time you have got to pick up the phone or just sit down with your dad to watch TV. Many thanks to Lucy for coming on the show and sharing her story, especially how golf helps her get from one day to the next. Go ahead and visit makeitok.org to learn a little bit more about the importance of talking about mental health issues and reaching out and helping. We'll be back next week. Take care.